Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hey everyone, welcome to Idleman Unplugged. It's where I can just let my hair down, as they say, even though I don't have any, and uh, speak freely, frankly. Not that I can already, but this is a specific time where I can just share my heart with you on a lot of different topics. And so make sure to subscribe, uh, Idleman Unplugged on Podbeam and iTunes. I think there's about 16 other platforms. And, I, and when I release this article today is when I'm recording this on October 10th. In 2022, I already have two radio interviews now scheduled uh, with Carrie Abbott. Definitely follow her if you can. Then the radio or the Moody Radio Network out of uh, Tennessee. I'll be on with them tomorrow morning because this is such an important topic because people are using it to really weaponize uh, a lot of society that's uninformed. And the title, of course, as you can see, if you already clicked on this and, and reading it, you can see from the, the uh, social media feed, Christian Nationalism. Do both the left and the right have it wrong? So what I'm mainly going to do is read from it, but then obviously I'm going to stop and give you some of my thoughts. That's the benefits of doing this audio is I'm not, you know, um, I don't have boundaries of 400, I'm sorry, 400, 900 words. Let me get myself together here. 900 words on articles where they want to keep them short and to the point and sweet. But whether it's being called a fundamentalist because you agree with the fundamentals of the faith, a bigot because you challenge false narratives, or a homophobe because you denounce sexual sin, the goal of name-calling is always the same, to silence those with opposing views. So that's what's happening here. Now, can people, I guess it is between the left and the right. I mean, I wish there was a way to find a middle ground or not talk about sides, but that's really what it is. It's a battle between the left and the right. And, you know, one side obviously has got to have more of the truth than the other. One of the, one side has to be, you know, closer to what God's word says than the other. And that's what a lot of people are fighting for and contending for. But we can learn, I think, anytime we're called a, names, let's say Shane's a homophobe. Okay, I got to take some inventory. Am I coming across arrogant and mean-spirited? Because the truth is going to offend. There's nothing we can do about that. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But our attitude shouldn't. And that's really the key. The truth will offend, but our attitude shouldn't. And if you can remember that, then you can deal with name calling. Uh, you can deal with, you know, people like, oh, you're just a right wing, narrow minded fundamentalist. Okay. You know, did I, did I give them pause for concern with my attitude or are they calling me that because I'm sticking to the fundamentals of the faith? You know, that word fundamentalist is interesting. It came from, I believe, in 1904, 1905, when R.A. Torrey wrote his, or put together, actually, the, the work known as the fundamentals of the faith. And that's where that term comes from. You know, a bigot or racist just because you disagree with them. And, and so it's kind of like high school. You know, when you're a freshman in high school, you would you would name, you would call someone a name because you'd, you'd couldn't win the argument. You have nothing else to say. And that's exactly what's happening. If you, I, and I do this often, Hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about, I mean, I just did that with a few left-leaning pastors. Nope. Nope. Don't want to sit down. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to dialogue. They just want to name call and point fingers at you because they don't have the truth. 
And that's the key. Truth invites scrutiny. When you have the truth, let's say we, we, you'll say, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's see where maybe I am missing something. And let's see where maybe you are missing something. They don't want to do that. They want to, they want to just shoot you down on social media. They want to just label you. They can't have a dialogue. They can't have a conversation because that's where they lose the whole argument. So it's really demonic at its core. Uh, it's really the, 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 the father of lies is, propagating a lot of lies. However, that's why I titled it, do both the left and the right get it wrong or have it wrong? And what I mean by that is those on the right conservatives, you know, we can look at our hearts, look at our attitudes and maybe make some major adjustments. Um, and I'll just throw this in here. It's not in the article, but I've been watching a lot of, you know, I, I watch a lot of the same um, things on Instagram that you do or social media, Twitter, uh, even Facebook uh, still. And, you know, there's a lot of the, the, the I don't know what even the right term is Christian leaders uh, that are maybe between thirty and forty five or so. I mean, their post you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know if they're a Christian. Um, I mean, they're saying good things. Don't get me wrong, but just the attitude behind it, the condescending, the in your face, the bombastic. I I just don't know if that's accomplishing as much as we think it's accomplishing. So that's why I wrote this for the right to kind of you know, the right side of this to take a look at their own hearts. And then with the power of the spirit through brokenness and humility, we can see some major change. And that's really the only way that this can happen. So let me get back on track. The real debate is over obeying God and his principles. Many want the freedom to do what they want, when they want, how they want, to who they want without any moral restraints. And it reminds me of Psalm 12, 8, that the wicked freely prayed and prance about while evil is praised throughout the land. You might be a Christian nationalist if, since there's really no concrete definition out there, I'm going to summarize it for you. If you love America, love God, love your family, and if you dare to bring your moral convictions into the public square, you are a Christian nationalist. And here's a quote from a left-leaning, I would say, George Soros-funded website. And you know, that's what's happening a lot of these Christians that are so-called Christians, propped up as Christians, uh, are not really Christians at all. They're being used by um, secular media and different things to kind of pull down a lot of what we stand for and, and to really um, give the gospel an appeal to secular society. And they say false things and create false narratives. And I think that's what's happening here. So anyway, this website says Christian nationalism poses a grave threat to democracy. Actually, the left-leaning views hell-bent on destroying anything that has to do with God and encouraging sexual perversion and child abuse to minors with the, the gender trans, transitions and, and, and uh, a transgender story hour. That is a grave threat. Let me, let's be clear on that. But anyway, Christian nationalism, they say, poses a grave threat to democracy, the church, and the common good. And the grassroots Christians, whoever these people are, I would say that's me, right? Or anybody that that's, loves the Lord and just wants to, to, uh, to see society affected by the Christian message. And grassroots Christians are sick of seeing false prophets distort the gospel for their agenda of hatred, power, and division. Well, who are these false prophets? This website says that Franklin Graham and Tony Perkins, among others, are false prophets. Wow. Sadly, many caught in the middle are led astray by these lies. An agenda of hatred, power, and division. We love others. And I'm going to address, they just said, um, 
that you know we're distorting the gospel with an agenda of hatred, power, and division. So let's talk about this. We actually love others enough to tell them the truth. So that's not hatred. That's genuine love. Just look at Ephesians four fifteen. We aren't seeking political power. We are simply. We simply understand the enormous influence leadership has on our country, and we seek to make a difference. Let the left is spreading lies, and shouldn't we spread the truth? Again, and I want to be clear here, we are not causing division. The truth causes division. And as 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen says, no doubt there will be differences among you. There will be divisions within the church. Why? To show which one, which side has God's approval. Uh, so... You know, division is, is, I mean, you could say it's a good thing. I mean, obviously at, at creation, God didn't want division, but because of the fall of man, we have division and division can be healthy, especially in this area, area of political hot buttons, because when you're divided, you say, okay, let's see what side is on the side of God's word. And that's how you prove who is right. So I would just encourage you to take any of these issues from, uh, tending to the poor, uh, to immigration, to the border, all of that is answered in God's word. And by the way, the poor is supposed to be helped by the church, Christians and believers, not necessarily the government. The government is to secure our borders, is to protect the nation. That's their highest calling. And so a lot of this can be answered in the Bible. And so there will be division. The division can be healthy. Just say, hey, what does the Bible say about these issues? I mean, come on, guys, come on. Do I really have to even make a podcast on this? This is not rocket science. That's very hard. This is not hard. LGBTQ, dancing to ki- dancing in front of kids, twerking, pole dancing. Come on, give me a break. Even in Matthew 10, 34, Jesus said that he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, spiritually speaking, don't get all upset here. Spiritually speaking, why? He knew that his message of truth would divide because those in darkness hate the light. And this is exactly what we are currently experiencing. Kingdoms are truly colliding. You will know them by their fruit. Next section here. And I want to just chime in here. If you're liking what you're listening to, you can actually find the article that I'm reading at shaneidleman.com. Shaneidleman.com. Just search for Christian nationalism. Do both the left and the right have it wrong? Um, and that you can find that Shane Eidelman. Then you can share everything I'm talking about here, the scriptures, everything that is, is, is referenced. So I'm on the section now. You will know them by their fruit. We, we aren't, meaning the, the I guess, conservatives are not distorting the gospel as they claim. We are actually living it out in all areas of society from pro-life to anti-perversion legislation. That's all godly. That's all biblical. The irony is that the left calls solid believers false prophets when in reality, according to Matthew 16, they're actually the false prophets. In Matthew 7, 16, when Jesus said false prophets will be among you, he said, you will know them by their fruits. And the fruit smells bad. Just look at the fruit of ungodly legislation. I've already mentioned a lot of it. And folks, again, this 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 is very simple. As just one of countless examples, when transgender men are allowed to pole dance in front of kids, the fruit of dark sexual perversion is alarming. What about these people being ostracized and punished for suggesting they are suggesting that there's only two sexes. How dare they? 
And then what about uh, our, our, our governor in California, who I would encourage you to continue to pray for him and his wife and daughters. I mean, I do. But to put on a billboard scripture supporting murdering children. I mean, wow, you will know them by their fruits. Let's, let's wake up to this fact. If you're kind of in the middle, and you're not sure what to, what to embrace, just embrace God's word and, and put these things, put these ideas and this legislation through the sifting of God's word. They dismantle to rebuild. The left-leaning website adds that the right makes a false, I'm sorry, let me, let me clarify a little bit. It makes sense in the article, but not when I'm reading it. The left-leaning website that I mentioned earlier adds that the right conservatives, you know, probably many of you listening, we make a false assertion that America is a Christian nation and is founded on so-called Judeo-Christian values. Now, this is not in the article, but let me just make this point here. I do not believe that a nation can be Christian. I do not believe that a court can be Christian. I do not believe that a city council can be Christian. Why is that? Because the nation, the court, the city council building there, it, it, it reflects the character of her people. That, that's all. So is America a Christian nation? Well, currently, I've got some questions on that. And again, the nation itself can't be Christian, but the people can. So here's the key. America is called and is often referred to as a Christian nation because its foundation was built on biblical principles and Christian character. Straight up, end of story. You can actually download my book free of charge, One Nation Above God. And I go into great detail in this book. It's at westsidechristianfellowship.org. Again, westsidechristianfellowship.org. There you will find the free downloads of my e all my books, ebooks, free downloads there. You can find the books in other spots, Kindle or or Amazon things, but they they charge on those air on those platforms. And that's why America is called a Christian nation. Not only that, I don't know how many of you know this, but the U.S. Supreme Court in 1892, you can look this up, verify it. They said this, the U.S. Supreme Court, from the discovery of this continent to the present hour, there is a single voice making this affirmation that this is a Christian nation. They understood that God's word was to govern all areas of society. It was God's word that brought the... Uh, that brought slavery to an end. It was God's word that brought the Salem witch trials that were you know, going to kill people to an end in the middle of God working in an incredible way in this nation that we are so blessed and so was evil. Evil was also working. All of the founders did not believe in slavery. Not everyone was on that side. Yes, some churches used the Bible to support it. Some churches, obviously the right churches said, no, this is not of God. And so see people say, well, what about this? What about this? And they try to dismantle America so they can rebuild their own agenda. And that's really the key here. The left must dismantle God's foundation in order to build what they want to build. This explains why they attempt to rewrite, I'm sorry, rewrite, rewrite American his, history. It's called revisionism. They, they attempt to rewrite uh, what the founders believed and what the Mer America was built on. They, they want to rewrite it so they can build their own, own, own agenda and op their own platform. 
But even if America was established by atheists, it doesn't matter. God's word would still be the gauge by which we should govern our nation and our people. For example, when leaders legislate murdering innocent life in the womb, we cannot remain silent. We care about all stages of life, from the womb to the tomb. We do. That is really the secret to success, is to care about life and all of its facets. However, If you don't get it right with life in the womb, you will not get it right on all the other points. That is certain. Full safes, empty closets. The lesson the right can learn from these attacks is to season their words with grace and demonstrate humility in the midst of verbal assaults. The truth will offend, but our attitude shouldn't. Remember, I just said that. The truth will offend, but our attitude shouldn't. Where is the repentance? Where is the desperation to see God? You see, we are angry. Here's the key. We are angry, but we are not humble. And as I often say, our gun safes are full, runneth over, but our prayer closets are empty and stagnant and stale and dead. This must change. We need to go get away from churches having a lot of programs and potlucks and plans and agendas and and getting their service times down to just you know the minute details and and all these different things and, and and they're not putting God on the front burner again. They're not making God the priority. This must change. We must seek repentance. We must be desperate for more of God. We must be desperate for His presence. And we cannot just be angry without being humble. We've got to have a combination of both. Where the right is wrong. Politics is not the answer and politicians are not our saviors. I think we can all agree on that because we cannot serve two masters. We bow to the cross, not the flag. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love America. I grew up running trout lines and skinning bucks and 12-gauge shotguns and and uh, all these different things. And George, George, what was it? No, Hank Williams song, Country Boy Can't Survive. That was that was our song. And we love America and we still do. Uh, and the right leadership is crucial, crucial. But religious arrogance is only furthering the divide. You'll never accomplish much with just anger and arrogance. The Bible even says that anger worketh not the righteousness of God. You know, so I think it's good to be angry angry about the sexual perversion, angry about what they're trying to do to our children, but then take that anger to the cross, become broken and humble and pliable and usable by God, fill with the spirit, and then you'll come out of that prayer closet able to do great exploits for him. That's the only way I believe we're only going to make, that's the only way we're going to make a difference because it's just tit for tat. You know, they say something, oh, they're choir cheers. We say something, oh, our choir, our choir cheers, and they get us with a mean, nasty Facebook, Twitter, Instagram post, and you get them back with a nasty Facebook, Instagram, Twitter post, and we really just go nowhere. Regardless of political affiliation, God supports the humble and he resists the proud. Just read James 4, 6. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So the answer to our national crisis, are you ready for this? Drum roll. The answer to our national crisis is very simple. Very simple, guys, but it won't be easy. Both the left and the right must get right with God. That is the secret to success in these turbulent times. Touch my lips, here I am. 
If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.